because of the grand assumption that everything is quote unquote handled and taken care of, inheritors are less equipped to have any self-advocacy type conversations, whether that's money related or not. Welcome to Breaking Money Silence, a podcast series aimed at helping all of us talk more openly about money. Your host, Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, is a wealth psychology expert who is doing what she does best, speaking about taboo topics. International speaker, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection, Kathleen understands money and our relationship with it. Now, here is Kathleen. This episode is sponsored by PlanWell, BeWell. PlanWell, BeWell is a place that connects your financial well-being to your personal well-being. It's a place to inspire and learn, to define your aspirations, to begin articulating what well-being looks like for you, and a place to provide the financial tools needed to achieve your financial goals and live your intended life. Because when you plan well, you can be well, now and in the future. To learn more, visit planwellbewell.com. Today, we are welcoming Ella Chase Highland. She is a sixth generation asset recipient from a hundred plus year family who has seen the burdens and blessings of complex multi-generational wealth transfer. Ella is a dynamic and innovative speaker, facilitator, and mentor. She's recognized authority on the psychology of leadership and negotiations. So now you know why we get along so well. And she is the co-founder of WealthWorks, an executive coaching and leadership company helping women get ahead on their own terms. Ella, welcome to Breaking Money Silence. Thank you so much for having me. Thrilled to be here. Yes, I'm so excited. Ella and I got to know each other a little bit through a shared connection, had some great conversations, and I decided why not have the listeners listen in to some of our dialogue because I thought it would be really useful. So today we are talking about breaking money silence on negotiating. And, um, you know, I'm just wondering, can you tell me a little bit about why you are so passionate, not only just about negotiating, but my sense is you're passionate about empowering women. I appreciate the question. Yes. Coming as a woman in navigating the patriarchy, which just exists on a systemic level, not a negative or a positive thing from my own personal perspective. Growing up, I was surrounded by brothers and men, but yet knew that there was this matriarchal undertone of women are the people that keep families together and keep the essence of what is community and human connection. And so as I grew up in my own personal experiences, saw many missed opportunities where females weren't raising their hand to get involved in conversations regardless of the topic and often were pigeonholed into certain arenas. And if you're doing that by choice, fine. But what I found when I dug a little deeper was there was this bias inherent and explicit where females and males were having different conversations with their parents, with each other, with their contemporaries, and really wanted to look with a curiosity lens of like, why is it this way? And what do we need to do to bring some overall healing and equanimity to the world which we navigate today? Awesome. So I have a a similar shared interest. I would say, I I don't know if I describe it as deeply as you do, but I'm I'm impressed (laughs) Um, in terms of uh, really looking, I I think, about women speaking up and using their voices. And I think what's really 
interesting and something that we may share, correct me if I'm wrong, is that from a very young age, I had a voice and it was pretty loud. And I often was told <laughs> by society that maybe I should be a little quieter. In fact, mm. in my fifth book, I talk about my dad actually nicknamed me the mouth which I think he thought was funny, but in hindsight, not so funny, right? So really learning to speak up. So we definitely share that passion. Now, one thing we don't share is our family history. My family history is very different than yours. And I really was curious, being a sixth generation wealth inheritor, you know, there's a lot of people out there that would say, well, Ellie, you don't need help negotiating. People like you, you know, you're quote unquote rich or you're all set with money. And I'm just wondering, for the listener's sake, is this a myth or is this a fact that people with a certain level of affluence don't need to learn about negotiation? I would flip the entire thing on the head and say, because of the grand assumption that everything is quote unquote handled and taken care of, inheritors are less equipped to have any self-advocacy type conversations, whether that's money related or not. And on top of that, the pressure of performing or living up to what your predecessors have done, whether it be the companies that they've created, the wealth that they've created, can really be quite crippling to those who come after them, including uh, lineal descendants or inheritors. And there's also a component, and I'm happy to speak more from my personal experience, but what we see across our client base as well is the shut up and be grateful. So if that's the vernacular that you're receiving as you grow up is don't ask any questions and be grateful, you aren't even getting the baseline financial education that a normal person navigating a middle class or less privileged lifestyle get. In fact, I would argue that the we're really doing ourselves a disservice as a a global community around the fact that if the people who are in control of the most wealth aren't even educated enough to be able to advocate for themselves or even understand what they're in charge of or what they're in power for, much less negotiate about it, then we are really putting the entire economy and the entire global structure in a unstable condition. So no, I would say at, at the offset, in fact, it's this group of people that need to have more negotiation skills such that they can advocate because as a general, as a generalization, as many things are, when we look at the way that wealth is situated, 80% of it, and I think you're, you do a ton of work in this area, is actually influenced or controlled by females and women. But if we haven't educated or empowered, regardless of your gender, this group, then it's impacting how laws are passed, how governments are made, how anyone else is benefiting from the system. And even more so, and this might be a separate podcast, is the Gen Z component, the the people who are really coming up now that are even younger than I am, have a sense of equitability where they want to redistribute wealth across the masses. And if if that's the place and a way to look at how we make things more equitable, not being able to talk about your own finances or how you can look at systematic change is only going to hold the entire system back longer. 
Right, right. No, it, it's interesting. And I, I like the flipping on its head because I, I know there's a lot of assumptions when people have money or people don't have money. It tends to be on either extreme. And what does that actually even really yeah. mean? Uh, but the idea that negotiation skills are valuable no matter where you are in your you know, asset level or social economic status. And I, I think for you, what I'm curious, because I, I got a message of, and, and my parents are good parents, I think it was their generation, sure. but it was kind of like, you know, shut up and be quiet. And I'm wondering if you got that message of shut up and be grateful. And if mm. so, how did you kind of flip that script? Because, you know, my sense is you're a very grateful person, but you also <laughs> have a, a pretty big mission ahead of you to make sure that people are financially literate and negotiating where they need to be? I have to give credit to my parents and specifically the historical wealth travels through my mother's side of the family, which already puts it in a different situation uh, for what women and men had access to. And you know this very well, but until 1977, women couldn't even get mortgages or credit cards on their own. And so as I look historically across our trust documents and the way that our system was set up, these things are 100 plus years old. And so they were meant to protect the women in the families to be able to survive. But now in 2021, as I look around, it's get married and have children because those are the ways that the money gets flowed to you is because of those triggered life events. And none of those things are uh, empowering you to negotiate or advocate for yourself and because my parents took me out of a high society realm and I grew up in the country with goats and chickens, and then you and I have talked about this offline, but um, I only have brothers. I had a very strong set of parents who were not interested in gender dynamics being at play. And therefore, I was not allowed to not participate or play more of that traditional female role. But I came out of the womb with this sense <laughs> of gumption and um I was actually listening to Oprah interviewing Serena Williams recently, and her biggest fear was that she would be too overwhelming. And so dimming your own light. And if we look at that from a gender perspective, for females, there's that component. But also in the inheritor perspective, it's the, oh, your family's names are on buildings. Like, you don't have to worry about anything. There's, there's almost this, like, swept under the rug component where people do not have any sense of who they are or what's important about them because it's this larger than life persona that who could actually relate to that because it's something bigger than you are. And it actually, unless you work really hard and get resourced in a way around therapy or your own self-discovery, you just hide in that shadow and you wait. And I can say, even among our clients who are raised in strong strong family systems or with strong values that it's especially when it comes to the financial component getting into how you have fiscally unequal diverse conversations around prenups and no one's talking to the women about how you approach the man who's supposed to be the provider about a prenup uh, kind of conversation and that's just one overarching lens if you look at the actual advocacy component if you are surrounded by people who have done incredible things the fear part of our brain just tells us to stay safe and stay small so none of that shows up in the oh let me go negotiate for myself and that could even be 
I don't want to go to this summer camp. It could be, hey, I want to be an artist, not an engineer. It could be, I don't want to date this guy just because there's this like arranged marriage component where a lot of times marriages are mergers in this ultra high net worth uh, arena. And just the ability to think, oh, I didn't even know I had a choice. For me, I had no idea. I had preordained, this is what you do. This is what's expected and overachieve. And this hyper overachievement can actually leave people feeling very unhinged around who they are and what they are. And from that perspective, there's not even a beginning of how to think about negotiation, financial or otherwise. Well, and to tie into that self-advocacy and, and that knowing who you are as a person is one of the things that I talk about, and I know your company WealthWorks is a lot about, around, is we really have to know who we are before and what's important to us before then we can get to the negotiation table, whether it's a negotiation you know, in life or whether it's a negotiation in business. And mm -hmm. so tell me a little bit about the work that you do around self-advocacy, because I even know that there's an assessment and I think you're going to make oh, yeah. that available yeah, yeah. Uh, to our listeners. So I'd love to know a little bit more about that. And and it's framed in a way that, that's a little bit different than what I've seen at mm -hmm. other companies. I appreciate the question. I want to say two things before I answer that. So please make sure to ask me it again. When you are and inheritor. There are many, many people, especially women, who never earn their own paycheck. You get um, your livelihood is paid for by the family, by the trust, etc. So your self-confidence around being able to earn money doesn't exist because you've never gone to the bank to retrieve a check for something that you've worked for. Whether you're male or female, to be able to then sit at a business meeting or sit in a boardroom and think that you have the ability to navigate those dynamics when your own self-confidence doesn't exist because the thing that the entire country, and I'd argue the world, is about the billionaires list in Forbes, the whatever, it all has that money component. If you don't have something that you can physically hold on to to say, this is mine, I created this or I did this, then you're already starting from nowhere. If you've got the component of the, f the freedom, although it might be financially struggling, you have the latitude to go out and try things and take risks and go do things. That pressure is tenfold within an already high performing family such that the individuals don't know how to navigate their way through that. And so oftentimes they stay quiet. So with that being said, the self-advocacy audit that we put together actually came from a few different places, including but not limited to interviewing women who are who have sat in the Fortune 500, whether they are inheritors or not, just like successful business people. And we can be very confident and feel like we advocate in certain parts of our lives. But most of the time, those questions were all triggered professionally. And when we hear people back from this audit, it's like, oh, right, but I didn't say no to the baby shower, or I couldn't possibly say no to my friends, or I let my great uncle walk all over me, or I won't talk to my husband about this because he'll just get louder about it. So I'll shut down. And those are the components where if it's not specifically a salary negotiation or a job negotiation, we are not equipped. We are not taught in school. We are not socialized, especially if you're female to be able to say, Hey, wait a second. I've got a few questions or help me understand how we got here. Those That set of questions is not even put into our whole world. And so to be able to show up and expect that someone is just going to sit down and know 
what to say, the inner work has to happen first. So the audit was set up to be like, okay, as we look across your entire life, here's a couple of places to ask and be like, oh, let's get curious. Let's have a little fun with where are there gaps and where can I step forward? And what we found is that you can be very high performing, as I said, in one area and yet completely neglecting. And it could be oh, shoot, I haven't gone to my kid's soccer game in three months because as a woman in the boardroom, if I say I'm going to be late and I don't want to come uh, to the meeting because I want to show up for my kid, then I'll be docked points there. And so the advocacy is you're not showing up for your family, which is part of your value, but at the sacrifice of your work and vice versa. Well, what I love about the broadness of that conversation is often when you know, when I'm talking about breaking money silence on negotiation, it isn't just about price. It isn't just about salary. It's all these other areas. And I think that when you're good at advocating for yourself in a variety of different areas, you actually then become a better money negotiator. Mm. You know, that, that they fuel each other. It's, it's like it fuels back and forth. I know when I am more confident and I feel more comfortable in my skin after, you know, the work that I've done both for other people as well as on myself, it becomes much easier to say, you know what, I deserve, you know, X amount of money for this particular engagement. But it also is easier for me to say to my husband, no, I don't want a bike ride on a hundred degree day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. love you, but today no, I'm going you. to skip the bike. Yeah, I'm going to skip the bike ride. Thank you very much. <laughs> what I really appreciate in what you said there is the component where if you're thinking about what you want, then you really have to have already figured out who you are. So to go back to the the inner work is actually about like who I am, who am I and what's important to me. And if everyone should do that work and it's there's it's a mountain with no top. Specifically within the inheritor realm, the who am I gets lost and it's very cloudy within what the family name is or what the industry is. And that can be uh, very positive and that can be negative. We'll take a an industry, for example, around like tobacco. A hundred years ago, if you were in a tobacco family, then that was great and people thought it was wonderful. And now there's a bunch of legacy families that are in like the dirty money component. And so how do you reconcile and negotiate your way? So it was like one of our clients decided to become a doctor because they couldn't even reconcile the fact that the, they were getting funded by the tobacco world and how were they going to negotiate their way to be okay with that. And so they decided to go be like a pulmonologist so they could actually try to solve for what the family had historically shown up for. And, but if you don't spend the time and the energy to get that kind of clarity for yourself, then you're completely lost in what, what the call to action really is for the wealth works. And I know the work that you're doing is understand who you are and what you are because you don't get a choice of whether you make an impact. It's whether it's going to be positive or negative. And if you can't show up for yourself, then how do you possibly think you're going to advocate for others? And what I do know is it's so much easier to advocate for others. Like I can stand there and tell somebody what they should do and what they're worth and how wonderful they are. And even uh, I'll give you a silly example. Like I, sometimes I'll be quiet in a massage and not be like, I'd like the pressure more because I don't want to like, upset the other person. And it's ridiculous because it's like you paid for a service, you should get what you want, regardless of what it is. Well, and I think most people can relate to that. I mean, whether it's a massage or something else, we've all been in those situations where like, I really should speak up and you have this dialogue going on in your head because of the way you've been socialized or or the family messages that you've gotten. So 
I'm going to take a quick break. I love this conversation. I'm going to get a little bit more concrete on the other side because I really want to talk with you, Ella, about what people can do to either get in touch with their life purpose and negotiate better once they do. So I'll be back in a quick second. We're going to take just a quick break. You know that negotiating your fees and getting paid what you're worth is emotional business. And I know how to help you become a rock star negotiator. So I am offering an exclusive group experience, a masterclass on negotiating for a hand-selected group of business women. So if you're highly motivated, career-driven, and ready to take a deep dive into your money story and learn how to shift sabotaging beliefs so you can earn more, then this masterclass is for you. I'm taking applications now and space is limited to eight kick-ass women. You're going to get individual and group coaching, both facilitated by me, as well as video lessons, handouts, and a bunch of bonuses to help you become the rock star negotiator I know you are. So check it out at breakingmoneysilence.com backslash negotiating hyphen masterclass and register today. We are here with Ella Chase Highland, and she is talking about negotiation, self-advocacy. She is a wealth inheritor and someone who not only knows the topic, both from a professional standpoint, as she's a CTI certified coach, but also as a person who has been raised in wealth and had to kind of struggle with some of the stuff that we're talking about as well. So Ella, tell me, before the break, we were talking a little bit about uh, really getting in touch with your life purpose, knowing who you are in order to set boundaries. I'm wondering, and maybe it's related to this, maybe it isn't, what are some of the common mistakes that you see women, especially women of affluence, make when it comes to negotiation? And, and most importantly, how can they correct those? Yeah. The number one thing we see, this is in negotiation and this is across life, specifically for women, is the no one has given them the permission to change their mind. So if you decided at 17 XYZ or 25, it was this, then any alteration or decision that you make that that no longer suits you is not something that we are comfortable with. And so from that perspective, it's the, oh my goodness, I didn't realize that just because 15 years ago, I decided that I was going to be, uh, that my cause was going to be I don't know, environmentalism or that this relationship was going to be this, or I was only going to be the country club wife, or I am not going to have children or like whatever those static decisions are. And then we create a life around those not changing that to say, Hey, look, just because you missed that negotiation last time, just because you didn't advocate for yourself last Thanksgiving with the family, just because you missed it, this doesn't mean that that's who you have the power to change the narrative. And so the thinking and giving away your power would be the number one thing you get to choose at any moment, you can change your mind, and then start making steps towards the new path. And similar to what we were talking about before the break, how the everything's intertwined, we like to really use the metaphor around, it's like building a muscle. So the negotiating, the advocating, it's not something you just wake up one morning and you're an expert at it. These are things that people spend their entire lifetimes getting good at, which is why we should respect our elders and their experience to learn from them. But it, 
don't try the first time to make it the biggest thing. So let's just take a salary negotiation, uh, something that many people might be able to relate to. The first time that you're going to go in and advocate for yourself to stand up for yourself should not be the interview that you're in. Take the time. Do the <laughs> yeah, start small and have small successes. Small. Yeah. Don't set yourself up for a, whoa, Yeah, that and was a big that, choice. Right. Yeah. Right. So start small, start with things that don't really matter. Have some fun with it. Like everything doesn't have to be serious all the time. We'll sometimes give people a challenge. Um, if they're having a struggle, let's say, and this is like grocery shopping. So a lot of people get paralyzed with like, what do I buy? There's so many choices or what do I do? Or should I use this coupon or whatnot? And that's PS, regardless of your socioeconomic income, there's nothing I know more than rich people love saving money. So there's, there's this whole component of everyone is what they're really paid for. But see if you can go negotiate with a cashier at the price of a banana. Like go, whether you care about it or not, there have been 50%, at least 50% of the time when we send people off on these tasks, they come back and they got a manager and they were able to like negotiate the That's price. That's so awesome. I love that. Cause you know, the, the risk of, okay, so you don't get the banana, yeah. not a big deal. Right. Or you say, okay, I, I didn't quote unquote win and I'll pay 69 cents for my banana. Like, it's, <laughs> So there's a ton of places go try Try out, build the muscles across different arenas, across different parts of your life. A lot of people just think professional, but this goes, how many people do you know, Kathleen, that have like stayed in relationships, doesn't have to be marriages before even marriage, that just because they don't want to be alone or just because they don't. And so you stay in these toxic environments and that's where the advocacy and then negotiating. And it could even be, you know what? It's COVID. I'm sick and tired of being the female in the household that's doing all the laundry, taking care of the kids, running the homeschool cooking the meals, you can say, hey, you know what, spouse, let's sit down and look at how we've divided some work. And here's, you're going to have to take three and I'll take three and we can figure out what those are together. But you don't have to keep women specifically just keep saying yes and keep adding on because the moment you say no, then you think no other opportunity is going to come to you. And one of the items that we really stand for is you say no to the good so you can say yes to the great. Oh, I love that. You say no to the good so you can say yes to the great. Yeah. Because we you say know, yes I'm... to so many things that there's no room for the actual thing you want to do because you've already scheduled yourself right. so fully thinking scarcity mindset or, oh, this opportunity, I'll take this little contract job because it'll fit in between my kids' school or whatever it is. And in fact, you're not energetically or physically leaving space to let the really good thing that aligns with your values and who you are show up. I recently read a book that was a little bit older, but republished during COVID called Essentialism, which was a great read on how to get very clear about what's essential and what the trade-offs are. And I, I did it with a group of uh, my girlfriends uh, who have similar positions as me, and you're always asked to do lots of things. And it was really eye-opening, uh, the conversations. And it, that book actually changed my life. So I will put it wow. in yes. the show notes. It hit right at the right time. And I think um, I love these tips. So one is you can change at any time. You need to start small. I'm a big proponent of having fun. If you're going to make a change, you know, bring some levity and humor to it. That takes some of the pressure off. And it sounds like really having some conversations around, okay, this is what we used to do, whether it's a partnership, a mm -hmm. romantic partnership or a different situation. 
but let's try to look at maybe doing something different. And so all of those are such you know doable things. And what I would encourage listeners to think about is think about picking one small thing. And you know, I think Ella, one of the things that I want to tee up for you again is this self-advocacy assessment that's on your website because it may be that listeners just start by taking that assessment and yeah. getting a sense of where am I good at advocating for myself and where do I maybe have some room for improvement. So tell people how they can access that. Yes, absolutely. You can come play with us. Uh, even though the name is spelled differently, it's intentional. W e l l t h because. Life is more than just your financial success. It's your complete well-being, which is why we named our company Wealth Works. We'll put it in the show notes so people can get a direct download. And uh, what one thing I want to say, even if you don't do that, is you don't have to go it alone. This The community component, the finding people who are interested in having those conversations with you, regardless of the topic. If you can't find any place, come hang out with us. I know we can hang out with you. Like, Come be in a community. Find people, find places. Even women don't ask each other what, what they make for a living. Men do all the time. And men are much better at, okay, let me go find you this business deal. Women somehow are were more prescribed to be protective uh, versus open. And so we're doing ourselves a disservice, especially when it comes to money silence around not talking about the issues. So come hang out, be honest, get vulnerable, build your community, and know that you are not alone. Yeah. We, well, great. We will put the uh, link, all the links in the show notes. Um, you have a great uh, community. I joined in one day and certainly I have a um, master class coming up where you can get community specifically around the psychology of negotiation and pricing. Um, so it has been a joy as always, Ella, to have a conversation with you. I feel like we could talk forever and ever about this. I know, I know. probably will. So like many negotiation conversations, it's not a one-time thing. It's an ongoing dialogue. So tell the group a little bit or the listeners a little bit more about where they can find you. I know we're going to put links, but what's the best place to reach out to you and to connect with you? Yes. So the best way is to uh, email me, Ella, E-L-L-A, at wealth-works.com. Any questions, nothing's too big or too small. Even if you just want to say, hey, we want to hear from you. The website, um, Instagram, we're pretty active on there. In fact, Kathleen's going to come hang out with us on IG, uh, which is WealthWorks and LinkedIn as well. Basically, any way you want, except I don't Twitter. I don't know how to do that. So you won't find me there. <laughs> See, <laughs> you set a limit and you said no to Twitter. Yes. No, thank you. No, thank you to Twitter. <laughs> I love Twitter, but that's a whole nother yes, conversation. Well, I yeah. would love the podcast where you convince me to do the Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> do the Twitter. Well, thank you so much, Ella. It's been a pleasure. I know our listeners have taken a lot away from this. And thanks for breaking money silence with me. Thank you. Keep up the good work. We need you. This episode is sponsored by PlanWell, BeWell. PlanWell, BeWell is a place that connects your financial well-being to your personal well-being. It's a place to inspire and learn, to define your aspirations, to begin articulating what well-being looks like for you, and a place to provide the financial tools needed to achieve your financial goals and live your intended life. Because when you plan well, you can be well, now and in the future. To learn more, visit planwellbewell.com. Thank you for listening to Breaking Money Silence, hosted by Kathleen Burns Kingsbury. 
a wealth psychology expert, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection. If you like what you heard today, be sure to subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app and leave a review. Also, share this episode with your friends and family. It is a great way to get the conversation started. For more money talk tips and information or to hire Kathleen to speak at your next event, go to www.breakingmoneysilence.com.